This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you know you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, unlike the owls, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So there's only one thing left to say. What's everybody having? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means you'll get some tasty rewards later on. And between you and me, if you order just before kickoff, you can get it just in time for half time. But I've not told you that. Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. See you later. The Wednesday Week is sponsored by Michael Constantine Wealth Management. We bet you can't find a financial advisor closer to Hillsborough Stadium. Hello, good evening, uh, good afternoon, morning, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the Wednesday Week podcast. Um, It's me again, Simon, hosting the show because he's in America, I think. we got a message from him uh, this morning. He was uh, it was 4 a.m. in the morning and he was 28 bottles deep. And we're hoping to attach that recording to the end of this podcast if we can, because it is prime time drunken fudge. Anyway, I've got with me Steve. I've got John and I've got Lee, which is brilliant because we haven't seen her for absolutely ages. So hi, guys. How are you doing? All, all good? Not Don't all bad. answer at once. <laughs> right, okay. Well, without further ado, I think we ought to talk about Pompey, Portsmouth. Mm-hmm. Um, 1-0 win on Saturday. Uh, there was a couple of us here. I'm going to go to the two guys that weren't there first because they probably actually saw more of the game than myself and Holly did because um, I was really drunk and I think Holly was a little bit tipsy as well. So, Steve... Straight into the game, what do you think? Um, yeah, it was all right, wasn't it? <laughs> um, do you know what? It's every week we do these pods at, at the minute, and I find it very, very difficult to. And this, this isn't a negative. I find it very difficult to, to to come up with like any sort of in-depth analysis because it all seems very much. It's the same. And the same thing that I said about Charlton, I could say about Portsmouth. And the same thing that we, could, we say about all the one nils, we could say about the performance because we come in, we're business-like. We are, we are the, the George Graham Arsenal era of football at the minute. We get in, we do what we need to do. We shut up shop and we take on three points. And that's, that's exactly what we did on Saturday. Um, you know, even after I offer, just to know with you, even after I offer got sent off, I never had any sort of doubt that we were we were going to concede. Um, I think Darren Moore has done an excellent job in getting us set up um, as we are at the moment. We, you know, we 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 tight as 
uh, we're, we're compact, we're difficult to, to break down, we're difficult to get through. Um, I'm sure as, as, as the chat goes, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about game management, which is different to cheating. Um, and it's different to time wasting, it's game management and everybody does it. And we've just become past masters at it. Um, and I think that's what we did really, really well. And the kind of housery that teams at the top of the league go through um, or, 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 you know, sort of put out there um, to be the top of the league and to be the best team involved um, in that in that sort of promotion uh, conversation is exactly what we're doing at the minute. And I think there's one or two people that have got the experience now of being up there. And I'm looking at people like David Stockdale and thinking about those people that have been there and done it. Um, that's where we are. Um, it was a it was a workmanlike performance. Um, I never had a, once the goal went in. I, I never had any sort of doubt that we weren't going to kick on and you know do what we needed to do to set three points home. And it it, it, it came to fruition, didn't it? It was what it was. John, so. I went into the game thinking, oh, not sure about this. Steve's obviously come across there as very positive. What were your thoughts before going into the game in regards to, you know, because we, we every time we do this podcast, we sort of find the negatives because we think we're going to Wednesday it up. But are we just doing that because we've had it in the back of our mind that we might or are we are we should be going to these games positive now we should really i mean 22 games unbeaten 20 odd clean sheets top of the league um we shouldn't fear going anywhere should we really um you know we, the, the games are counting down now i think there's, you know about 12 or so games left or whatever there is and we should be full of confidence wherever we go but we're emotionally scarred aren't we as wednesday fans because we just know that um something we're waiting for something to go wrong and time's running out for something to go wrong fingers crossed and um so but you know we're there to be shot at as well at the same time being top of the league we're a target for teams they want to beat wednesday big following biggest club in the division uh top of the league so they're, they're going to want to beat us so there's always that element of they're going to raise the game when we rock into town or similarly when teams come to hillsborough so Portsmouth being, you know, not, I think they've got a pretty decent record at home as well. So nobody was going to be um, too bothered if we only managed to draw there because it kept the unbeaten run going. It was a useful point from home. They tell you to win your home games, keeps the two points per game average going if you win your next home game. Um, so yeah, we should be absolutely full of confidence. Um, but yeah, I think there's always that niggling back of your mind that something might go wrong and is ref gonna you know and we can come on to that later as well is the ref gonna try and do his best to to spoil the game and and give them the advantage um but yeah i mean while watching the game um i'm, I'm normally a bag of nerves watching wednesday on t especially on tv so watch it on i follow i'm normally a bag of nerves get churning in the stomach watch the clock you know a minute seems to last like 10 you know um but I don't get it as much now, especially this last half season under under Darren Moore. I don't have that anxiety and nervousness like I used to. Mm -hmm. It just seems like we are just in control. And the players, they probably don't feel a thing about being a goal down. They don't feel a thing about a poor first half showing. They'll come out second half and they'll do the business. Moore gets them tactically right. He'll make changes. They're playing for him. Everyone's you're getting a tune out of everybody, isn't it? And... You just don't have that. I just don't have that feeling like I've done in past seasons that, oh, you know, we're going to throw it away at the end. We're going to concede an in injury time. 
as Steve mentioned earlier, the game management's on point. And, you know, so I think, you know, we, we, we should be, as a fan base, a lot more confident about games. Uh, whoever we play, even Barnsley were absolutely on fire coming up as well. I mean, the way they're going and the, the way people are talking about them, you'd think that we were chasing them and not the other way around. So, you know, but yeah, I think to sum it up, I think we're going to start trying to be a bit more confident about things. Wednesday fans should be a bit more confident about things. You know, the finish line's in sight. We've just got to keep on rocking. No, I, oh, I, absolutely. I agree. I agree inside. But I still have that niggling doubt. <laughs> I've still got that niggling doubt. And, and, and before each game, I seem to find more reasons why we're going to lose it than, than we're actually how we're going to win the game. Holly, so you missed the goal like I did, didn't you, from our conversations? I did, um, yeah. <laughs> I thought, well, you, why? I've got plenty yeah. of time, and then I tried to take my jacket off because I was feeling the warmth of those peanut shots that we had. <laughs> I thought, I don't need this anymore. Get my Wednesday shirt out, uh, and then a struggle ensued, and then by the time I got my jacket off at the top of my head, we'd scored. So <laughs> it, 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 was, it was really bizarre because I think the ball had gotten... We were, we were giving the uh, Portsmouth fans some stick in the corner. I don't know what happened, but I think it might lead. I think it might have been the towel gate issue, uh, which we'll lead into in a bit. But um, and then the next minute, it all became the, the term that the term now is limbs, and we were like, "Why are we celebrating?" <laughs> we I thought everyone was really happy I got my jacket off, but obviously not. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I've read about this towel gate. Um, I've read about. Uh, I couldn't quite get my head around it because obviously um, it would appear that their manager has gone round and taken all the towels away so Will Volts can't drive the ball. Is that correct, Steve? Yeah, I think so. Um, they did it at Charlton, didn't we? The week, was it Charlton the week before? Um, and he's, he's started using yeah. the towel and there, there's been a shift in um, using the long throws a tactic. I'm, I'm assuming that would coincide with Aidan Flynn coming in. Um, and doing, uh, getting up there for all the long throws and offering that little bit more of a an attacking option from a, a, a set piece point of view. Um, the the towels were strategically placed, shall we say? Uh, and at the time, like John, obviously I wasn't there. You, you know, you're watching it and you see the ref come over, and nobody knew why he'd come over. Um, so the the commentators were asking and, and sort of speculating as to the reasons why the game had stopped. And he had a lengthy chat with uh, the Portsmouth. It's Massinho, isn't it? Um, and a lengthy chat with him. Uh, but nobody could actually understand what had happened at the time. But it only came out after that, obviously, he wasn't happy with um, the, 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 the drying of the, the ball. Um, I don't know what the, the rule is around that. Um, I'd seen something in the past, I might be wrong, that said that if one team uses it, the other team can, and it's at the, the home team's discretion. Um, I might be wrong on that one. Um, but there was definitely a tactic that we were going to drive the ball for, for Volks to get a better grip, better purchase on, on launching the ball in, um, which he did well anyway, to be fair. Um, but that seemed to be the issue um, that, 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 that carried through. So um, I don't think, having said it, it was Talgate and it did disrupt and it's made a nice sort of soundbite, hasn't it, afterwards. It's one of those things that um, another opposition manager can get after uh, you know, Sheffield Wednesday and start moaning about the things that we're doing wrong and the thing, the, the issues that we're causing and blah, blah, blah. Um, I, 
although we're talking about it, it was a bit of a non-story because it didn't impact on the game that much, did it really? No, but no, no. Um, it, was, it was a point that, that that they sort of looked at and came out and said it was one of those things that we did to cheat, which we didn't. Yeah. And that leads nicely into the sort of, uh, the, after the match, uh, the, the press um, and the fans, their fans on Twitter and the manager as well sort of came across that the, it was a sort of bad-tempered game. I'll go to you, Holly, cause, because it's very difficult. Obviously, you guys were, um, John and Steve are watching it and I follow it and, and myself and Holly were there amongst other, others. Um they didn't come across to me while amongst everybody because it was all it all sent to me as being very well natured in the away end. We were just having a bit of a party, weren't we? Yeah, the, is that the, easy for us to take because we were winning? <laughs> <laughs> well, that and we were also quite warm on alcohol. Um, <laughs> was the fact that we were sort of the, the bad nature, the bad temper, the time wasting, the shit we, we call it now. To me, didn't come across. What what, what was your thoughts, Ollie? Did you see that or? Did you no, see that? I... Did you feel the bad temperedness? No, I was just having a great time. <laughs> but <laughs> what I will say is that normally stuff like that, like him having taken his towels off of us and the Peterborough game last week, we would have gone to bits after that last season, even, especially the season before. We would have absolutely gone to bits and lost yeah. as Eds. And I don't know if it was it Will Vokes that came out and said he's one of the ones that's chilled in these situations. So luckily, I suppose it were him that they were impeding by taking towels off of him and he just didn't affect us whatsoever. But I didn't I didn't get in those vibes. I were giving off good vibes all day. I think it were more their their backroom staff and, and, and their manager that were quite animated about things, weren't yeah. they? They were upset about kind one or two up. things. Not just towel gate, just just like little things like thinking that our players are faking injury and time wasting, like Steve said earlier, when it's not, it was just game management. And I think it just comes with a territory when you're top of the league. They want to find some way of saying you don't deserve to be there. You get all rubber the green. You get in this. You get in that. Same comes from the fans. You know, you got Ipswich fans saying all we do is win one nil and sit on sit on leads. Like so, what? You know. It was top of the league. Well, if if we can do that till end of the season, we'll do it, and we'll see you later in the rearview mirror. Bye bye. We'll be up. So you know what I mean. So I, do you know I what? I don't. There to be sharp. I don't. I don't think we do sit on leads. I think to be fair, to give Paul, Portsmouth Portsmouth their due, they they if you look at the possession stats, they had like sixty three percent of possession. Um, they had more shots. They had more um, more corners. They were more of a threat on paper. But I think I mentioned in the. I think I mentioned it in our chat or I mentioned it on, on socials that there's an art to playing football and it's not just what you do with the ball. It's it's how you set up when you, you're not in possession of the ball. Uh, we did it against Newcastle. I think they had more... more Newcastle had, had more of the, the ball in the FA Cup as well, didn't they? Um, more than Portsmouth did. Um, but we defended better than they attacked. That doesn't mean that we set in and we, we, we decided we were going to sit on a 1-0. We kept pushing, we kept going forwards. Um, the two Windass headers in the second half were, you know, were, were indicative that we were going to keep pushing and trying to get get something out of the game or get another goal within the game. Um, I do worry, if I was to be critical, I do worry a little bit at the moment that for all the positivity and all the clean sheets and so forth, we are only winning games 1-0. And I think that, you know, I'd like to see us put a, a bit of a statement out there in the next few games and... and 
uh, maybe Friday and Tuesday aren't necessarily the ones where you'd expect us to go out and score six, seven goals or whatever it may be within a, a within that sort of game. But you, you, you'd like to think that there are opposition coming up that we can go and have that sort of statement result that, that, that go that puts a message out to the rest of um, the chasing pack to say, look, whatever happens in the, the next two games, which I think are pivotal, our season will be determined in the next two games in terms of A, promotion and B, whether or not we're actually going to win the league. And I think we can all have that conversation. I know we're not going to count our chickens before they're act sort of thing, but if we come out the next two games with four to six points, then it's it's absolutely frightening how positive things are going to be around the club. Uh, but I don't think we sat in and, and, and settled on a 1-0. I think we, 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 we're we doing what we can. It's just unfortunate that we're not scoring more goals at the moment. I'll settle for two 1-0s in the next two games. <laughs> Normally, yeah. we're 3-0 up and I think we could do it with another couple of goals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think I think um, what, what Saturday showed us as well was um, Darren Moore's ability to manage a game was the fact that um, he admitted that um, bad game and um, Got booked, didn't he, just before half time, and he, he and it was one of those games which, I think, with with um, Fratton Park, the crowd is so close to the to the to the pitch that it can really influence a referee, of which we'll talk about in in a, in a moment or so. Um, and I think he, um, Reese James on was the ideal situation then, because he took Jade Jaden Brown out of the, out of the melting pot. I mean, how good John was it to see Reece uh, he, he's he's had that in, a bit of an injury and he's come back there. How good was that to see him come back on and then produce a football he did that nearly led to um, another couple of goals? I thought Reese James was absolutely sensational. I'm so pleased we've got him back. I mean, those two crosses were absolutely beautiful and he should have buried them, shouldn't they? Windass both times, yeah. really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they, they, were, they were just great. Just have that natural left footer down that side. Just picks his put put you know lifts his head up, picks his spot, whips it in, and oh, you couldn't ask for a better ball really. And you know if those two go in, and then obviously we win the game at cancer, don't we? But yeah, he's just he's just been he's just been pivotal to our uh, our side in the and the way we like to set up because and he's so versatile as well because you know we know we've seen him play as a centre half um, in in that back three, and we've also seen him push out wide and play the play the wing back role so. He's great for tactics. He's great for planning for more and what, and what he wants to do in games. He can he can shift him around and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, great to have him back. Sad to see. Oh, I, I often go off on what was an absolutely diabolical decision, by the way, because um, uh, he was, was just gonna, starting to pick up some form as well. I was going to lead into that. I was going to mm. lead into that because because um, we've been at the at the sharp end of some really poor refereeing over and poor officiating not just by referees, but by the EFL over the last couple of months with the, the video evidence from somebody's mobile phone, which resulted in three-match ban for Johnson. Uh, and then, obviously, um, the elbow in the face uh, against Peterborough on Barry Bannon, which nothing seems to have happened from there, um, because Bannon stood up to him and then the, 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 their defender <laughs> fell over. To, to that sending off of Iorfa on, on Saturday, I mean... We were a bit away from it, weren't we, Holly, in regards to where it was on the pitch. It was at the side of the pitch. but And I don't actually remember his first yellow. But 
what was your interpretation of it from where you were? And then we'll go into Steve in what regards to what he saw on, on the on the screen. What, what, what did you think? Well, sometimes he is a little bit like Bambi on ice anyway. So I thought he just got spaghetti legs on himself <laughs> and then got booked for it. And then I had a bit of a Chris Kamara moment because I've missed the first card. So I saw him go off <laughs> and then... <laughs> 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 I thought they were bringing a sum on. <laughs> I'm like, no, he's just walked off. Where's he off? And then, uh, well, yeah. I didn't see the first. I didn't see the first one either. So um, I think that was a soft one. <laughs> it it, it, so, it yeah, was a bizarre, wasn't it? I mean, Steve, you must have you must have seen it on iFollow. I mean, what what was your interpretation of it? Seeing it there on the screen live. Um, first one was a. Obviously, it's, the first one was a, 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 a go on, time wasted. Um, nobody went to take yeah. the, the throwing. Um, and it just seemed to be that he was the closest person to the ball. So they gave me a yellow card, um, which, you know, nobody went to pick the ball up. Nobody was designated to take the throwing from what I saw, from what I, my understanding. But as I said, you're pissing me off. You can have a yellow card sort of thing. Um, second half, I... In real time, it looked worse than it did on the replays, if I'm honest with you. It seemed to me like there were there was, I think I called it on the chat, incidental contact. There was contact, but it was just a coming together of two players who'd gone like that. And in real time, it was a, a situation where you go, oh, and I and I looked at it, I was watching with, with my little one, and I kind of glanced and, and, and thought, yeah, he's, he's got him banged to right there. That is a yellow card. But if you look at it again, I'd, uh, it's barely a foul on the mind of booking. Um, so, yes, there is contact. Um, it isn't initiated by a author. I don't think necessarily. Um, and I'm not a fan of that guy, that Ogilvy. He, he irritated me on the last game of the season. He irritated me on the first game of the season. Um, he was he, He's a shithouser himself, to be honest with you. He chucks himself about. Um, I think he scored either on the first game yeah, it must have been the first game of the season. I think he scored. Um, he's just pain in the arse. And he, he threw himself about, arms went up in the air. He gave the referee a decision to make that wasn't necessarily something that he had to do, to be honest with you. I do think, and this is going to sound really, really harsh, so don't tell Dom, but um, out of all of the defenders, if we're going to lose one of them for a match, <laughs> I prefer it to be Dom than the others. <laughs> and well, that's, that's because... That's because Liam Palmer can go and play right. Oh, well, well segued no. in there. <laughs> it's this like podcast is brought to you by the Liam Palmer Appreciation Society. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll obviously talk about that for the next game in regards to covering for Don. But then, John, about five minutes after that, there was a tackle on um, Fizz, um, which... Even from where we were, and even from the fact I've been drinking since 10, was a straight red card. Um, Two-footed challenge, off the floor, uncontrolled, from behind, boom, wiped him out. Um, but it was a yellow. Sean Raggett, yeah. Madness, yeah? Absolute madness. And this is what drives fans crazy. I mean, the referee sends that I offer off for what looked like an innocuous challenge you know you know like holly said he's got he's got long legs he's, he's trailing legs being out there and he's caught a guy unintentionally gives him a second yellow sends him off 
John Ragger went through the back of FDB, almost two-footed. It's a, it's a red in any day of the week and twice on Sundays. And it just gives him a yellow card. Just absolutely baffling, isn't it? You know? And it's this is what I said like earlier. It's always like, this is why fans think sometimes there's a conspiracy theory about EFL and Sheffield Wednesday and, and, and the officiating and, and how they try and level games up and, and try and give the advantage to other teams. And they don't do themselves any favours when when you see stuff like that. And, you know, and, and, and others are saying that these things even out, but it doesn't always seem to be that way when it comes to us. We always seem to get the shit end of the stick when it comes to the um, decisions. Um, fortunately, it didn't cost us. And I think that's testament to how we game manage and how great our defence is this season. That there's not a mad, mad panic that, you know, um, we can't still get a result even down to 10 men. But yeah, Raggett should definitely have gone. He should have. And you could see you know, the players were up in arms and surrounding the referee. Um, even Raggett looked like he, he knew he thought he was going to go. You could tell by his body language he thought he was going to go. His head were down. He looked, you know, quite sheepish about it all. And no, gets a yellow. Unbelievable. Yeah, it, it, it was madness. And because it's a yellow, we can't. We can't appeal it because he's he's taken he's taken a punishment. Oh, we can we if we write a letter. Get that well, I don't think we can even, even if we write a strongly worded letter, we can't actually get it appealed, unfortunately. So we just, just one 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 last point, if I can. I think the thing with that is it's really we do a lot of work and we have lots of conversations around VAR and the way that the game is changing and you know the, the the changes to the way that things are being reviewed and so forth um i'm not i can't say that i'm not bothered because it was a red card i, I think it was a red card i think the, the thing that gets my go is that reese james got sent off for less earlier in the season oh, yeah, and i think if reese james didn't get sent off at peterborough we'd be sitting here now another three points further up the league than we are at the moment but that's the story for another time the thing that bothers me is it, it's a very easy and quick fix because we talk to the manager, we talk to the players, we'll talk to the coach, we'll talk to the physio, we'll talk to other journalists, we'll talk to everybody else. All it takes is for this guy to come out and say, right, um, this is the decision that I made today and this is the reason why. I mean, there's an absolute disconnect between officiating and us as a fan base and as a, a, a supporter. Um, VAR is um, our sort of version of um, you know, the other sort of uh, artificial officiating or whatever term you want to use that they're using cricket or they're using rugby, they're using other sports. Um, refs are mic'd up. We can't do it in football because football is an industrial game and kids don't want to hear the language that's being used and so on and so forth. It's also a very expensive in terms of the, or, or lucrative game. Um, and it's very difficult to, to sort of put people on the spot in the way that they are. But there was nothing wrong with that referee coming out immediately afterwards or there's nothing wrong with him having a conversation with a fourth official which could then be communicated so that people know why this has happened and i'm not just talking about that as a one-off incident i think it's a wider issue that we've got to look within the game um it just frustrates me um uh, because it it makes the right it 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 causes more of a rift between us as a fan base and referees that i don't Absolutely. think need to exist um no i agree we need, we need to respect referees for what they are and what they do because it's a tough job. But when you see things like that and there's a lack of consistency um, and it goes against us and, you know, FDB was very, very lucky that he, you know, he didn't have serious injury because it was yeah. a shocking change. Absolutely awful. It was, I agree. 
I agree. And that's the trouble, isn't it? That, that there isn't anybody who can actually um, put this issue to, it doesn't seem to be there's any sort of body that can put this issue to referees to make them answerable to some of the decisions they make. And, it, and, and because of the fact we have mobile phones and video stuff and stuff like that, that we see a lot of decisions made over the weekend, weekends and during the weeks that are massively questionable. And we see them all the time now. And it drives a rift, as you say, between the fans and the the referees. And it is a hard job. Um, so, I mean, we talked about game management and Steve quite succinctly put it as calling it games management. And Blair last week um, spoke about the different way that Sheffield Wednesday play. Uh, and so I think we talked touched on it a lot. And, and my opinion is, you know, if we're dirty and time-wasting, great, because we're top of the league, let's crack on. You know, it's working. How many times have we said we're too nice? You know, we, we you know, and, 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 and I don't think I've heard that term about our manager this season, that Darren Moore's too nice, which we heard a lot last season. He seems to be the, the, the major tactician. Leading into the fact that this was Darren Moore's 50th win in charge of Sheffield Wednesday. Um, 94 games he's managed for with only 19 losses. Holly, how does that feel? That, that's amazing, isn't it? I bet it's a very short list of other managers that are, have got to 50 wins. It, it, it's just, yeah, I mean, it's crazy, isn't it, that somebody's got that statistic really now as a manager of Wednesday? Yeah? <laughs> it is for us, yeah. I think we only got three when we were in championship, didn't it? So the rest just since then. <laughs> I think that's, that's the thing, isn't it? It takes it, if you, if you take out the... And we talked about it a lot over the last two years or so. You take out the the squad that he's inherited and the situation that he was in and the illness that he had um, and the circumstances that he was under. A lot of those losses came in the championship and then coming yeah. down. Um, it actually makes the you almost want to do a, a, a since asterisk with it since squad overhaul or since it was more squad. Um, how, how impressive is that record? Um, because it's 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 fantastic. Um, testament to, to him um, he was under a lot of pressure at points last season um, you know we, we we always go back to Cambridge, we always go back to um, AFC Wimbledon, we'll always go back to Oxford those points that in, the, in, in last season where he was feeling the pressure and people were on his back and the more out brigade remember them Let's, can we can we just have, can we just have a, can we just have a short period of silence for the for the more out brigade? Um, you know they 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 they're long in the memory now, and I, I'm really pleased that that be the situation because um, you see it regularly on so social media. Um, I asked Ash to to share the races and the red card stuff last night because that's the profile of the man. You know, he's he's played at the very top level, um, and it's good that we've got a manager that's in there. And although he's not young, as in chronologically, he's young as a manager, and he's you know he's he's got progressive ideas. I like the way that we play football. Um, I like what he's doing around the place. I like the feel that we've got at the club, um, and this is. For me, as, as as good as it's been since you know the the the, the Premier League era, really. Sorry, I was going to say leading into to... that is the fact that we are twenty-two games without a defeat, John. Twenty-two games without yeah. A defeat. Yeah, and I was thinking at the time when that stat came out as well, uh, and then Blair kind of tweeted it on the chat as well that one more game unbeaten equates to obviously half a season unbeaten. Yeah. 
yeah. which is crazy, isn't it? I mean, um, I've never known Wednesday have unbeaten runs last more than five or six games. You know, I mean, there's always there's always some banana skin, isn't there? When you think you're on a run and then we go somewhere like Fleetwood and lose, and you're like, oh, great, you know. But um, this this run is just incredible. Um, and when you think some of the sides that we've had in the past from, you know, we had a good side. Obviously, we had good sides in the 30s when we last actually won top flight um, division. We've had a good side in the early 60s. Obviously, we've had the golden generation of the 90s, which most of us, uh, Hollyhocks, might have known it from a, stories from a dad or whatever. You know, re- really awesome sides. We never got anywhere near that kind of an unbeaten run. And this is incredible. I mean... Simon, um, talk to us about that side in the 30s. <laughs> uh, anyway <laughs> yeah but I mean um, what is, yeah the clean sheets are to go with it as well we, we're breaking records everywhere I mean if, if, if they, they're on pace for about 100 and, 104 points or something like that maybe more I don't so, know but... so, so statistically in all of the divisions in our league and uh, in the European leagues, Wednesday are the one with the longest run this season with 22 games. So then there's Celtic with 21. And then on 19, there's Reims and RB Salzburg. Then on 18, there's Feyenoord. And they're still running on their run. So they could they could beat it if we slip up. And then after that, it's Newcastle and Union Cell Guidoires on 17, but they, that, 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 that's gone now for them. So that's pretty illustrious uh, teams that we're with, isn't it? Little old Sheffield Wednesday. Imagine, it is. It? Um, the, the, the counterpoint to that is people will say that it's only League One. And okay. my, my argument to that point is it might be only League One, but how many teams are doing it you know what i mean somebody will come out and say that this team did it in 2017 or 2018 or even last season whenever it may be but it doesn't happen every day premier team premier league teams don't do it all the time um without the newcastle 17 games uh burnley aren't up there and they're flying they're they're absolutely running away with their league you know you can only beat the teams that are around you and the the you go back to the point, Darren Moore is building a, a, a project here and we are going to lose. I think we're going to lose before the end of the season, unfortunately. Um, but what we've got to do is hold on to the fact that this run has been absolutely phenomenal. Um, we, we talked about the last time they happened. It's something that some of us, in all seriousness, may never see again in our lifetime. Um, and that's a really stark, stark thing to say and, and, and think when you think about it, isn't it? But you know, we, we're bringing, and we talk about it, Simon, we, we've got kids that have not seen stuff like this in, in any in, in any of their memory of, of watching Sheffield Wednesday. Ben's on the podcast. He's he's never seen anything like this. Um, we, you know, we're living in a, a really, really positive era um, and we just need to get up, hopefully yeah, get up. it's 19... 1959 was the last time we won we won a league. 1959. Yeah. So if you if you if you look at that, so even despite the jokes about my age, even I haven't experienced us winning uh, a, a title. Um, so for us to be able to to do that, and I don't care that it's League One, um, and to also what I would like to do is beat the hundred points, big style. I'd like to beat the hundred points. 
Um, it, 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 it's been a, I mean, Wednesday last lost a game on the 4th of October um, 2022, which was two days before my birthday. Um, so all I'm seeing this is this was a, a fantastic birthday present from Sheffield Wednesday and long may it continue. So um, that was Portsmouth, another one niller. I don't really care. It was one nil. Um, let's just have a word from our sponsors uh, and then we'll head into the second half of the podcast. The Wednesday week is sponsored by Michael Constantine Wealth Management. We bet you can't find a financial advisor closer to Hillsborough Stadium. Blair, I've put you, I've put you on specially. I brought you onto the side to talk about men's grooming, downstairs grooming. <laughs> well, as you know, I'm the biggest men's grooming guy in the biz today, Foot. Well, of, of course you are. Of, of course you are. I, and I know that you're a big gym guy. I know you're a big runner. And have you ever been out and about and all of a sudden you've got what can be described as a small fire down there? It's as red as a fire engine down there sometimes, Foot. Well, I tell you what, that's a good point. Because uh, right now, <laughs> the Wednesday week for the next few weeks is going to be brought to you by Manscaped. And we're Tell giving away, more. well, we're giving away uh, discounts on the Manscaped 4.0 bundle. What's in, what's it include? I've got, it, it's the performance package, mate. Uh, you've got the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker, yeah, a crop reviver toner. So, you know, it brings it back <laughs> if you need it. Uh, perfor- performance boxer briefs, if, uh, if performing is an issue for you, mate. <laughs> I'm fully seated, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Fully seeded. I, I enjoy that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, and then we've got all, all the bits that keep it off the bathroom floor. Uh, we've got, um, well, it's waterproof. It cuts down the um, the issue that you might get. It helps reduce the likelihood of getting an ingrowing hair as well. Perfect. And that's you know what I mean? a Gillette fan. In it. In it, so I thought you'd be a fan. So listen, you guys back home, you guys watching and listening right now, uh, you can get a discount on this if you enter the code TWW20 into the uh, into the checkout at the end, and you can get yourself a twenty percent discount. That's the Manscaped four point zero bundle. Get on it. The Wednesday week is also brought to you by Michael Constantine Wealth Management. I bet you can't find a financial advisor closer to Hillsborough Stadium. Right, that was um, our sponsor, Manscaped. Um, I hope you're all using that um, discount code because if you don't, then, um, well, there's some hairy balls out there, isn't there? Uh, right, okay. So, going into a quiz. It's the Sheffield Wednesday quiz. Now, hopefully, it won't go down as badly as the last few, but then again, I'm running it, so it's bound to be shit. Um, we had two, one that was emailed into us, but I've actually done my own today because this afternoon at work, I'd just had enough. So I went on and I had a quick look at a few statistics uh, and I decided, right then, so um, let's just delve into the positives and the negatives of being a Sheffield Wednesday fan. So what I'm going to do is the, the I've taken from 2000, well, it's actually from... 1989-90 season, so I think we're all of a vintage, apart from Holly probably, who can remember some of these, but there's a lot of statistics here that come from um, very recently. Um, so uh, there are five to take from, from each category. I'm going to put it around the table. I'm not going to ask each person. I want us all to sort of, want all three of you to sort of dip in. Um, so firstly, the biggest win since 
89 to now, what has been our biggest win and against who? I can't remember us scoring seven. So that means it's got to be 6 0 leads. No, oh, that's on well, there. That's, that's that's on there. Now that's on there. That's number four. Okay. Uh, in fact, it's number five. Six nil in the championship, twenty fourteen against that the Leeds. That was a great day, though. So that's, <laughs> it was a bloody good day. Mm. Yes. Um. So we that's number six two at home, didn't we? Against Leeds. We did. We did. So that's number five out of five. So. Can you anybody think of any more? This is all competitions. All competitions. We've had a, a stupid... We've had some sort of pizza cups. Have we done a pizza cup where we've scored seven? There were a Bristol Rovers game, I think. That's what... <gasps> oh! Is, this, is it differences or goals scored? What are goals? What, it's what goal, about... maximum goals scored. So, obviously, the 6-2 oh. against Leeds. We're, we're only Burnley. four at work. Burnley. Burnley. 7-2. Uh no. No, there's better ones than that. There's better ones than that. There is better ones. More than six. There's one in living memory last sorry, go and say again. That's seven one. What's that? What didn't we beat Sporter Luxembourg about seven one or something? So right, so number two. Number two. This is going well. Yeah, it is. Number two. Number two. Oh, it's good. Number two is first first round, first leg, UEFA Cup, Sproul Luxembourg, where we beat them 8-1. 8-1. And that was in September 1992. There's one on here that, that wasn't actually that long ago. It was March 22 in League One. And we beat, uh, it's another 6 0 Cambridge. 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 Cambridge is number four. Okay. Right, this is one for you. 1992, third round of the League Cup at home. We beat somebody 7-1. Oh, uh, uh, Bart Williams. I think Bart Williams scored. They actually won the Premiership a few years ago. Uh, Leicester. Well, Leicester. Leicester City. We beat them uh, 7-1 in the third round of the League Cup in 92. So, number one. Now, Steve and John, I don't remember this. Okay. 1989, 89-90 season it was. Second round of the League Cup. No, no. It was 8-0 to Wednesday. We were away. Away? Any idea? Away. 8-0. League Cup. No. Older shot, older shot. Oh, so okay. 8-0. So like our biggest win since 89-90 was an 8 0 against older shot. Right then, biggest defeat. Biggest um, defeat. Seven two at Blackburn. Newcastle. Eight right. Newcastle. So the word nil. Eighteen ninety nine. Eight nil. Away. Um seven nil. Right, so League Cup twenty fourteen. God, you must remember this one. I was there. Away. We lost seven nil. Man United, were it? Man City. 
Yeah. Lampard, I think. Did Lampard get a hat trick in the second half? We were holding them to nil nil and they just destroyed yeah. us. Yeah, we've had half. some thrashings over the years, haven't we? Definitely. We have. Right, here's one for you. <laughs> here's one for you. It led to Trevor Francis getting the sack in 9495 Premier League. At home, we lost 7 1. Nottingham Forest. Nottingham Forest. I think Lars Bohinen got a hat trick, didn't he? And we finished seventh. Did we leave, finish seventh in the Premiership that season? Yeah, and we thought it was seventh in the Premiership, and Francis got. We thought it was a yeah, disaster. and Francis got the sack. Yeah, seventh in the league. Imagine that. that I only started going in '96, '97. So. Here's one for you. I remember watching this on TV. Uh, 91-92 season. Um, February first of the old it was the last season of championship. Um away we lost seven one. Seven one. Arsenal, yeah, Arsenal. So I, and I, I don't think I then I also sort of put it to the back of my mind. And then here's another one which I didn't know we'd lost against. I don't remember this game. Away two thousand and eight. So, uh, in the championship, um, we lost 6-0 away. Remember this one? Blackburn again, were it? Reading. Reading. I do remember oh, that league ran from on a match. Yeah. <laughs> Reading, 6-0. Wow. Right, just mental. Yeah. Right, just a quickie. We'll fly through these because this quiz is going down really, really not well. Um but it's informative anyway. Right. Highest ever attendance since 1990. Who do you think was our highest attendance against? Uh, it was 40,327 at Hillsborough. What's the date? 1990, uh, it was March 1992. And unfortunately lost. Oh, Liverpool. Nope. I'll go Man United. No. So it was 91-92. The last season again of the first division. We lost three. Uh, United. It was Sheffield United. 3 1 at home. They did the double, and I think we missed out on winning by six points, didn't we not? And Leeds won it instead. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. They went and got anyway. t shirts printed, didn't they, if you remember? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. February the 2nd. February the 2nd. So that would have been our last season in the Premiership, wouldn't it? 39,640 fans there. Um, we lost 1-0. 39,640, our last season in the Premier League. And we always used to have a decent record of these guys at home. Um, but that, that, particular that were season, Man United, Teddy Shedding. It, it was Man United. So in that it's, season, 1-0 was probably a good result for us. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, right. So, November 1998. 
So it was the 98-99 season, Premiership again, 39,475. Um, we won 3-1. I remember this game. Who do you think that was against? So the date again. Uh, May the, uh, sorry, November the 21st, 1998. 98. That feels like the one where Di scored to make it 3-1 against Man United. I think Alexander's scored as well, did he not? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was Manchester United. So I'll, I'll go through the other two because, again, the following year was 39,427. It's amazing how much this ground used to hold, isn't it? Uh, Man United, we won 2 0. And then in 96 97, um, again, the Premier League, 38,943. It was 1 0 against Liverpool. So if we go to lowest attendances, is this, before we move on, is this a, a, an appropriate time to mention how many fans must have been in the away end? I I, I couldn't possibly mm. comment, Steve. <laughs> anyway, move on, move on, move on, move on. Lowest lowest attendances of which, um, three of the top three have all been in the last couple of years. And I'll quickly go through that. So what do you reckon our lowest attendance has been in the last 30 years at Hillsborough? What do you reckon our lowest attendance has been? It's got to have been that cup game, that like against Notts County or someone. It was absolutely dire. Pizza cup against one of the Pizza under 23. Whatever they call these days, yeah. yeah. Is it Harrogate? And we had like 4,000. To be honest, mate, you pretty much nailed it, Steve. So... The, the, our worst attended um, game at Hillsborough was uh, in October 2022 in the EFL Trophy. I love how they, they, they dress it up as the EFL Trophy and we just call it the Pizza Cup, um, which was 3,173. So 3,173 compared to 40,327. So there was probably more. Bearing in mind, we once got seven thousand for David Hurst's reserve game on his comeback exactly. from injury. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So that is our lowest attendance over the last what thirty years, uh, and it, it, and the top three are EFL Trophy, Burton Albion, Hartley, Hartlepool, and then we go into the League Cup, two thousand eleven League Cup against Blackpool, five thousand two hundred and forty. And then the League Cup against Rochdale in 2009, where there was 6,000. So out of two of the, the top two, this is, this is really sad for us. So the Burton Albion game, the Hartlepool. 5,000 poor Wednesday fans saw us lose 3-2 and 3-0. Oh, God. Anyway, the joys have been a Wednesday night, but we're top of the league. And um, on Friday, we move into uh, our next phase of, are we going to win? Are we not going to win? Yeah, we'll win. But then me and John will think of some excuse why we're not going to win. And it <laughs> is uh, <laughs> Bolton at home on Friday night. Is it 7.45 kickoff, 8 o'clock kickoff? I'm not sure. Um, any idea what time's kickoff is on Friday? 7.45. Every single evening game Five. for the last 20 years, my dad's gone, what time's kickoff? And it's always 7.45. Every single time he asks that same question. But aren't we kicking off at 5 to 8 at Barnsley on Tuesday night or something stupid? That's, That's the Sky game, on, isn't it? it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, no. Right, OK. So, um, Steve, Kieran Lee, 
he's coming back to his. I think we've just. I always think that we've got Kieran Lee just on loan. We've just lent him to somebody, and he's going to come back one day. He'll just walk back out in the Wednesday shirt and go, "Fooled you!" I just popped over there for a bit of a play. What, 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 what do you reckon? Um, I, I love the bloke. I, I he was in that sort of Carlos era, going through the Yoss stuff um, before my love for Liam Palmer sort of manifested itself and set into the inappropriate levels that it is right now. Um, the my my favourite player of post Premier adulthood era um, has been Kieran Lee. I thought he was so underrated. Um, well, no, that's not fair to say. I think in the grand scheme of things, he'll go down in history as being underappreciated by us because we've had so much, so many good players, or we perceive to be good players in that sort of position. Um, uh, George Byers coming in. Uh, makes him a, a sort of a distant memory, doesn't he? Uh, Barry Bannon being the loyal servant that he is means that Bannon has now sort of elevated himself above. But let's be right, in my opinion, the guy was humble. He was workmanlike. He was unassuming. He wasn't flashy in any way, shape or form. He gave us some of the best memories of the last sort of the, the, the previous sort of five, six years. Goal against Rotherham. Uh, the goals he scored late on at Hillsborough under the lights. Um, the way that he linked up um, I think he complimented Bannon at least as well as anybody else, and I think it's it's a real sort of a real shame that he didn't that he, that he ended up getting the injuries that he did and had the time out that he had. And I, I for one, was very very sad. And I think I, I said to you guys at the time, I'd have kept him. Um, I think he offered more than people that we released and people that were playing in front of him. And I think he's gone on to prove that, although he's dropped down a level. If you talk to well, he dropped down a level to get into League Two. If you talk to Bolton players, sorry, Bolton supporters, um, now they, they'll they'll talk about the impact that he's had on that club. Um, although it's been limited in terms of the, the amount of football that he can play, um, he's he's doing bits over there, isn't he? And you know they revere him almost as as highly and regard him almost as highly as we do. Um, and that's testament to the bloke. Um, having said all that, I hope he don't play on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Holly, Holly, I, I agree entirely with Steve. I, I was gutted when he left, but I always felt it was a need because of his injury record and he, he never sent to be able to come back and, and he obviously has and that's fantastic for the lad. Um, but Holly, Will Volks, Barry Bannon, George Byers, would he push those, one of those players aside now or, you know, would he... he nah. Would he... Nah. <laughs> nah, it's nah. shit now. Nah, they're the best. <laughs> <laughs> Is he dead to you? Don't quote me on that if something happened. <laughs> <laughs> is no longer golden. <laughs> I'd have him, I'd, I'd genuinely have him on the bench in front of Backington. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, if, I if somebody that comes on. You look at that game, all right, it was 35 minutes when Volts, sorry, Byers went off the other day. But if you're looking at looking down the bench with 60 minutes gone and you're looking to get somebody to shore it up and do bits and offer a little bit of energy, you know, I've I've talked about what I thought of Deli Bashiru earlier on in the season. He, he's not kicked on in the way that I thought he would. Um, Backinson continues to divide opinion. I think what you'll get out of somebody like Kieran Lee is, you know, a hundred percent all the time, energy, movement. He's gonna he's gonna put that shirt on. And he's gonna show you that he's gonna die for the shirt for for however long that that sort of period of time is. Um, we haven't got anybody looking down the line that. that 
can offer what he does, uh, even now, in my opinion, he's not going to he's not going to threaten that front three, that that you know that starting three. But that's not to say he'd still have a position within the squad. Dare I say it? But again, that's a controversial opinion, and people will tell me that I'm talking shit. He played against us earlier <laughs> in the season, didn't he? Yeah. Is he not an unused sub? I might be wrong. I, I, I went to that game and it's actually one of the best games I've seen Wednesday play this season. I we were, were absolutely awesome. Yeah. And they yeah. weren't poor. They were just two steps behind us. Yes, without not a doubt. near us at all. No, no. It was, yeah. And I thought Dom had a really good game in that game as well, just coming back. Um, Kachunga was Kachunga and just got the level of uh, earring hatred that Ben would wish upon him. Um, <laughs> and, and, yeah, and we had Mark Beginnis, but we now we have Aidan Flint. So, John, what's your thoughts for the weekend for Friday night? What are your thoughts about Bolton? Because they've they've they're they're a team that pick results up and then. You think they're going to win a game? They lose. They're they're they're, they're thereabouts. But what what do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're a team vying for the playoffs, aren't they? I mean, they they lost to Ipswich, didn't they, or, or against Ipswich? I can't remember where it was played. But yeah, they um, they're a team that are fighting fighting for a, a playoff spot. Having said that, I'm confident against any team in the league at Hillsborough. Um, I really am. We've we've shown us. As dominance there, we, we, we've shown that we have got a game plan for any team that comes to Hillsborough. If they want to go and play the long ball game, then we'll do that. If they want to try and go toe to toe with us, they'll get knocked out. You know that's what's that's what's being proven when they come to Hillsborough. We've we've just been ruthless, and um, I, I'm I'm confident we'll win again. Um, Kieran Lee, I know you both, both spoke about him. Great great servant for us. Um, I remember the two good things Dave Jones did. One was get us over the line to get us up to the championship. And the other was swap Kieran Lee from a right back to a centre midfielder because he really took off when he did that move. Um, so I've got really fond memories of Kieran Lee. When he scored that second against Brighton, I think that's probably the best I've felt since we were in Premiership because it took us to the playoff final and it, we all thought we were on his way, even though they were all singing it, weren't they? But, you know, it, it wasn't to be, sadly. But, yeah. Kieran Lee, yeah, um, wishing well, just not on Friday night. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, I'm more than confident we've got enough in the tank to, to win that game. So, so right, okay, guys. Um, the predictions, Steve. Uh, I think we, I think we're going to win. I think we. We could do with winning, as daft as it sounds. We could do with winning if we go into Tuesday with an, another three points on the uh, on the table or on the board. Um, that bodes well for us. Um, I'm not looking forward to. I'm looking forward to Tuesday night without looking forward to it. If that makes sense. So I think it's important that we try and get a, a positive result. And I can see us winning maybe two 0 Holly, what do you reckon two 0 Steve? What do you reckon, Oz? If it. If we play like we did last time we played them, they had no plan B. I'm happy with that. I'll, I'll take a 1 0. Yeah, 1 0. That's an easy one to go for. <laughs> John? Current form, man. Yeah, I had 2 0 in my mind when you when you said the question. Um, I, I'm going for 2 0 as well. Yeah. 
Brilliant, brilliant. 2 0, 2 0, and 1 0. I'm going 2 0. I think our defence is too good at the moment. I think, um, and I just think we fall too good, full stop. Well, we've also got a game on Tuesday night, which um, I know one person here will desperately want us to win. Um, although we all want us to win, but one so much more is the fact that she shares a house with two um, Barnsley fans, a husband and a son. What the hell went wrong there? I'll never know, Holly. But, you know, your choice in men is probably not as good as... Well, it's probably about as good as my choice in women. Anyway, uh, so we it's two warm teams in um, the League One, as it stands at the moment. Um, but Barnsley keep getting all the plaudits, which I'm more than happy with. They've got uh, the manager's one manager of the month. And then every time League One News puts anything on Twitter, they go on about Barnsley, despite the fact that we are 22 games unbeaten. Um, I don't know a lot about Barnsley, other than the fact they seem to keep winning. They seem to be getting results out there. They are the form team. They're quite saying they're the form team. They played the same number of games against uh, uh, as us. And I think they're 11 points behind us. So not all that much form as I would suggest, as, as the statistics suggest and people keep saying. Um, Holly, sorry to go drop on you here, but you probably know more about Barnsley than any of the rest of us do. Um, how confident are they? Are they confident? What's the thoughts in your house? They are very confident. So right, normally, yeah. normally, literally every season that we're in the same league as Barnsley, I lord it around the house all season because we beat them at home and then it's a naff one all at, at Oakwell. It, that's what happens every single time without fail. That I mean, Their record at Hillsborough is absolutely dire. So in this season, like half a season long run, obviously Barnsley wasn't one of them. So we've already messed up. So I have no idea what to think. They're very, very confident and have been going on about it since they beat us, that they're going to double us. So I'm not, I'm not right happy. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> now, I must, I must say, actually, that the best team I have seen at Hillsborough uh, this season was Barnsley. I really they, thought uh, we were going to win that game because we were quite good before that. I really thought we were going to... I was telling them about how good every single... I went through the team and how good they all are. They showed me up. <laughs> what 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 do you think john what do you think about this because it is uh it, it, i would say this is the toughest game we've now got in our running oh for so, sure i mean yeah. barnsley are in absolutely parallel they, they are in top top form they are really looking the smashing teams the, this plymouth weren't even a game when they took care of them they're an incredible run but so are we you know it's not like you know, like we said earlier, it's like the way that they talk about Barnsley in the local media and on local radio stations, you'd think they're chasing us down and they've they cut, cut his lead down from 11 points to six or something and they're on, a, on this run that we're, we're exactly neck and neck in form table. So, you know, they've been salivating wanting to play us, like Holly said, since they beat us at Hillsborough, which was the first time since God were a young and weren't it really. So um, they're, they're desperate to do the double. But without wanting to coin a phrase, which uh, some of our rivals once did, so I won't do it, um, I'd say it's a game we could 
probably drop points and still be in a strong position rather than use the wording that uh, the Blades did when they came to Hillsborough all those years ago. Um, so, you know, it's one game, um, but not forgetting, we're confident too. We're, we, we haven't tasted defeat in a long time. Um, we're, gonna, gonna, we're not going to go there and try and get a point. If we get a point, great. We're going to go there like we've gone to everywhere and we're going to try and win the game, but however, by any means necessary. So their overconfidence and over-arrogance could actually be a bit of a weakness and we could actually go there and stun them. And then if we do that, then they'll that's it. They'll, they'll go crawl back under the rocks and we'll not hear from them again, will we? Till, uh, they are scoring you know, a lot of goals, though. They are, but we're not conceding many, are we? They've scored like... 19 goals last month or something stupid. They're, they're scoring a lot. Well, well, this is the thing, isn't it? Because they're scoring a lot, but we're not conceding. And it's this, like, uh, unstoppable objects against the un, un, unmovable objects. Yeah. So it's it's where we go with that. Uh, we've got one of the best. We we have, I think, got the best record in the league as well, which is not difficult when you know that we are. Steve, what's your thoughts, mate? What's your, what are you thinking? Um... I worry about it. I do worry about. Um, I don't want it to be Barnsley, the 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 team that finished the the run. I'd rather it be fucking Forest Green Rovers, to be honest with you. As daft as it sounds, I'd, ra I'd rather go out with a whimper against Forest Green Rovers, eating vegetarian vegan pies, whatever it is, on that sustainable pitch. Peanut butter shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you, you know what? You, you you have to every now and again. You have to look. You, you have to look back. Um, to put a, a positive Wednesday spin on it, they are, and they have been since they beat us, or just after they beat us, they've been the team that I've been most concerned about. Um, and I know the league doesn't necessarily tell the story, but you can't argue with what they're doing. Uh, the run that they're on is absolutely phenomenal. And, you know, I think from from a, a sort of a, an away from Sheffield Wednesday or local rivalry point of view, Michael Duff's doing an incredible job over there. You know, the, the stuff that they're doing is absolutely phenomenal. The positive Wednesday spin on it is they're still, what, 11 points behind us? Same games played. Um, that's just testament to the, jo the job that Darren Moore's done. Um, a half-heartedly tongue-in-cheek tweeted out about the fact that Michael Duff keeps getting manager of the month. I think it'd be brilliant. I'd love to get to the end of the season now and Darren Moore not get manager of the month and us win the league at Cantor. I think that'd be absolutely brilliant. Um, they they posted something on Sunday, I think, about Yorkshire grit or whatever it was. And they, there was like a 30-second video from Saturday of them diving into tackles against uh, the, the, the team that they played against on Saturday. People going through people and the crowd getting louder and all this. And that's what it's going to be like, be like on Tuesday. Um, their players are going to be up for it. We've just got to make sure that we're up for it. I think it's really important. We almost go back to that backs to the, the finish line analogy, don't we, that, that Moore's got. We're going to need that on Tuesday night more than we've needed it all season. I think Tuesday is going to end up being the, the biggest challenge that we've faced faced all season, especially if they get a positive result this weekend because their, their tails are going to be up. Um, and they're going to want to take six point, points off us because I think they know that whatever happens, they're not going to catch us. It's just about whether they can take second place because if they get promoted automatically, we're going to win the league. I, I agree. I agree. And so, I mean, if you look at the league, you're exactly right. The 11 points behind us played the same number of games. They, they're, they're not unbeatable. They've lost eight. We've only lost three. So so they, 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 they're on a great run at the moment. But I can only liken it to the fact it's on 
Saturday we were down to 10 men and we just defended resolutely and never never really looked like backs against the wall. And that's with that's with 10 men. So you know it, it, it will be a, it will be a good game. I think it'll be a great game. I think Darren will 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 know he's he's 11. Um I think I agree with John there's some amount of arrogance there and I think they might we're talking here I would imagine there's a Barnsley podcast saying we're going to hammer them. And we're, we're actually sort of, sort of saying, well, it's going to be a tough game. And it will be a tough game, but it'd be great to get those three points, wouldn't it, bring those three points? Because I think that if we get those three points, we will be champions of this league. I think that well, will be... Well, it's what you said earlier, isn't it? Steve, Steve said just earlier, didn't he, that these two next two games now are, are kind of like pivotal light because you look beyond yeah. those two games... The remaining fixtures. Go and have a look at them if anyone's listening. You haven't you haven't looked at them yet. You, you go and have a look at them and look at the form that we're in. If we can get through these next two games with either four points or, or obviously if we get six, it's almost one hand on the trophy. Honestly, yeah. just look at the yeah. fixtures. I know I don't. You know I know we're Wednesday fans. We don't, don't say that you'll give us a kiss of death and curses and all that lot. But and I never speak like this about Wednesday. But just the form we're in and the fixtures we've got left, well, it'd be it takes some criminal to, to to rob us of going up, wouldn't it? I've, I've not looked in depth, but I think we're now at that point where we, we we're getting towards the finish line, and you're starting to knock off the games that we can put the the points. It's the the, the gap between you know playoffs, promotion, and so forth. It's getting to a point now where we're untouchable by certain teams, and if we win Friday, win Tuesday, and win the game after. As daft as it sounds, that guarantees us a playoff place, and it guarantees us a playoff place early April. Do you know what I mean? With a bit and everybody's hand off at the start of the season for that. Other teams are going to keep dropping points against each other. Um, by no means is it going to define our season winning the next two games, but it's absolutely going to be pivotal in terms of whether or not we get promoted, or you know we 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 then go on and kick on and do what we all want, hope and believe that we can do, and that's go up as champions. Brilliant. So, so leading in, <laughs> I think second phase, if we win these two games or at least get like four points out, we'll feel a bit of a disappointment, won't it, after that? We'll, we've, I think we all want to put our hands on that trophy. No, at, at, this, at this stage, second place, the, the, the positivity, positivity that we're all feeling, second place feels like a, a failure at the minute, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. Do we want to do predictions on this? Do we want to do predictions? Are they going to bite us on the arse or shall we, shall we do no. it? Scrappy one all. <laughs> they've had loads of red cards this season. They've had like four or five. They've had loads of penalties against them. I would take a proper nap, not really a red card for one of their players, and a really awful penalty that it's keeper on back at Eden goes in that shouldn't have been one. And I will claim that for the rest of the year. <laughs> I'll have one nil. <laughs> So we've got a scrappy one all, one nil, John. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of blood, guts, and thunder. I'm hoping for a strong referee. I don't want anything that's, you know, going to be cost us and be somewhat stupid. But one one seems like seems like a. I can just see a one one for some reason. Yeah, it's, it's derbies are norm, normally tight, aren't they? Um, and two good two good teams will not want to give them too much. Yeah, one one. I'm going for one one. I'm 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 going two 0 Wednesday. 
I think uh, yeah. we've gone into. I think we've played a few teams now where we've we've thought we're going to struggle here, and I think I think we might surprise us. I think we, I think they're going to surprise us. I think they'll be up for it. I really do. I really do. But anyway, so that's Tuesday night next week. So God podcast next week. We're going to have two games to review. Wow. Let's see what happens. So any other business? Um, if if we can just firstly mention, if anybody hasn't listened to it yet. We've got a little bit of a, a spin-off of the Wednesday Week podcast, and it's called My Wednesday. And the first one last week, and if you haven't listened to it, please, please give it a listen. Um, it's got Gaz Robinson, who is who became a meme, is it called? Because I'm an old man. So well, my Wednesday. Wednesday. Um, and what was really hard was um, at the match on Portsmouth on, on, on Saturday, I heard it several times, people shouting it during the game. But what was even more disturbing was when I went for a wee at halftime, people saying it in the gents' toilets. That does put you off your stream, trust me. Um, but please listen to it. He's a brilliant fan. I've never met the guy before, um, but he's got some brilliant stories. And I think we'll be a new, another one will be coming out. I don't know who it is, but I think another one will be coming out on Friday. So Ooh. I know there are... I know there are two people here have interviewed. Steve and Holly have both interviewed separate people. Um, and I've heard of some of the names coming up of, of people. Uh, and they're all different. They're all different because they're all different people. And we're taking it all from different angles. And if you haven't listened to it, just give it a listen. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, obviously, Steve's not. I don't know why these guys are laughing, but it was really good. And, and give them a listen. And I'm sure Steve's will be as good, and I'm sure Holly's will be as good as well. Um, I think, like, like you say, it's just a, it's just another, it's just something a little bit different in it because we're all we're all from different walks of life, and it's all how you become. It's all sharing the great love of Sheffield Wednesday and, and how you became a fan. Um, whether you are, you know, every everyday Joe or somebody semi-famous or even famous. I mean, we've got we've got fans from all walks of life, and it's just nice to hear their their stories about how they became uh, fans of uh, of Wednesday and and some of the stories that they can share. Some funny, some sad, you know. It's it's all it's all uh, it's all Wednesday, isn't it? You know. It is, and it'll be yeah. good. Um, I don't know what holly well I, I do know what holly thinks but um i think the one thing i would say is that the if you haven't listened to it um i could only endorse what people have said the 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 gaz robo stuff was was absolutely brilliant uh, comes across as a really good bloke um he was absolute pure entertainment for half an hour um i guarantee you you will laugh if you're a wednesday fan and you've got any sort of experience of going to wednesday games um, he'll have you at least half a dozen times, literally laughing your head off. Um, brilliant stuff. Um, what I will say from having done my own, and I know that Ash has done, and I think Ben's done one. We've got three or four that are lined up uh, that have already been recorded for release. No two of these Wednesday, my Wednesdays will be the same. It's different people with different stories. Um you know, there'll be funny stuff in there. There'll be thought-provoking stuff in there. There'll be anecdotal stuff in there. Um, it's, it's. I think they. I'd, I'd like to think there's something for everyone. Uh, we've tweeted out. Obviously, people will know that Ash does the uh, Ash does the socials. Certainly does the Twitter. Uh, we've tweeted out people that want to get in touch and think you've got any, any anything interesting to share with us on the podcast. Please do so. Um, 
if it, if the rest of them coming forward are half as well received as the first one that we've put out there, um, it can only be a good thing for us um, as a fan base, for us as a podcast. Um, we are, we're not here for profit. We're not here for for, for, for monetary purposes. We're here to share a, a you know to, to build a network, a community, a, a Shepherd Wednesday fans that can get in the car on a Saturday morning, Friday night, Tuesday afternoon, whenever it may be, and get to the game. Um, I know that people listen on the commutes. I know that people listen when they're in in the gym. People listen at various points. Um, we're we're trying to put content out there that will engage, um, and Absolutely. hopefully these, these podcasts will do that. Absolutely. And that that that's the thing with going to away matches. You, you you see so many of the same faces, and and everybody chats and says hello, even though they might not even know your name. And now, hopefully, we're bringing a few of those names um, to to the podcast, which leads us into something else where I think the fan base should pull together, which is um, you'll all be aware of, of Tommy Spurs' son at Rio, who unfortunately has cancer and is battling cancer as a young boy, which is. I just can't go, I can't even comprehend as a father what that would be like to have my son going through that. So I think we've got a great deal to thank for players. You know, um, obviously, Liam Palmer raised a considerable amount of money for him with his running, which also benefited him, turning him into the player he's been this season. Um, but they're having a Rio Steel City derby at Sheffield FC's ground down at Dromfield on the 14th of May. And it, and it is what it is. It's Sheffield Wednesday Legends versus um, uh, Sheffield United More Legends. Sheffield Wednesday Legends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sheffield yeah. Wednesday, <laughs> Wednesday Legends playing Sheffield Wednesday Legends, but some of them ends up playing for Sheffield United. So are they Legends or so you've got Derek Geary and the Quins and so on and so forth playing for them. Um, I know I wanted to speak to Steve about this because Steve has done eight charity matches where fans have been involved as well. But he's played with the likes of Paolo Di Canio, Des Walker, um, Chris Waddle, to name a few, which just must be amazing being a Wednesday fan. Um, I hope all Wednesday fans will turn up in numbers. I know I'm going to be going down on the 14th. And I think a few of us said we'd, we'd go over and watch the game because there's some um, Palmers playing, Glenn Whelan, Chris Brunt. There's some really good Wednesday players. But Steve, you know, in regards to these sort of games, you've, you've taken part in them. What are they like? Um, Mind-blowing, to be honest with you. You know, from a, from a, a sort of a fanboy point of view, you get to walk in and see um, people that you, you sort of revere and you admire. Uh, in a changing room, it's absolutely brilliant. Um, the, the 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 atmosphere around the place, the build up to them, is absolutely phenomenal. Now, obviously, this one's going to be a little bit different because it's not us, it's not supporters, and we'll be accessing in a different way. What I will say is that these sort of events, um, what I've learned is that these people that you speak to, by and large, with a couple of exceptions, whose obviously names I wouldn't want to share on a on a public forum. The, the, the vast majority of people that I've sort of interacted with have been absolutely humble, great to speak to, very welcoming, very warm. I would imagine that if you get down to the coaching horses, um, you get down to Sheffield FC uh, to, to watch the game, there'll, there'll be some interaction between the players uh, that are there. And there'll be opportunities for you to, to sort of interact with them. Um, I've played with a couple of the guys. I'm just looking at the list now. Uh, Tug Gay, Brunt, Buxton, Palmer. Um, these are guys that are really, really humble. Uh, obviously, this is a really important cause beyond football. Um, as Simon's just said, you know, I'm, as, a, as a parent, I can't imagine what, what 
Tommy Spur has gone through and obviously Aaron Jameson as well. They, they've gone through some significant sort of trauma in terms of the, the circumstances that they've had to endure and I can only wish them all well. Um, going down there and supporting this cause is, is probably it's the most noble thing that you can do, isn't it, really? Absolutely, 100%. And we at um, the Wednesday week 100% support that and hopefully most of us will be going down. The fact that there's a coaching horses there will mean that Ash will be there because he does like his Thornbridge. Um, and and it'll be. I think it'll be a good afternoon now. It's in May. The weather will be nice. I think it'll be spot on. And because you're so close to the players, you'll you'll you know it's a great little great little ground. I think you've played there, Steve, several occasions, haven't you? Down at Sheffield FC's ground. Did you not play for them at some point? I played um, for them when they were on Valley. Um, right. But I I also played at the coaching horses in one of its different guises. So yeah. So amazing. And, and raised plenty of money for to help Tommy and, and Rio um, with his treatment. Um, finally, I just want to say a couple of words um, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up because we've gone on long enough today. Um, Sheffield Wednesday have been embroiled in um, certain amounts of the press over the last few days and last few months. Um, if you cry in the football club after a, an FA Cup game uh, against a team from the North East a few months ago, of which uh, allegations were made against the club. Um, this week, uh, a certain newspaper has uh, expressed views against Sheffield Wednesday, of which um, I've read, and I think most of us have read. Uh, I'm not going to mention the newspaper, but what, I will, but what I would suggest is, as a Sheffield Wednesday fan and to the supporters out there, I would suggest that they block these people, they block the newspaper, and don't give any sort of feedback to them because they don't deserve it. Uh, the way they've spoken about this club, the, what the names that they've called this club on an agenda against us is just useless. It's horrible and it's journalism at its worst. Um, Sheffield Wednesday, from what we've seen and the truth of what we've seen, have acted admirably. Um, and I know today that more information has been tweeted about what was agreed with Sheffield City Council and the Safety Action Group. We know what happened. We know what's gone on. And you know what? I don't give a shit about what the press say about us. We're Sheffield Wednesday. We're top of the league. We're 22 points unbeaten. And ladies and gentlemen, we will win the league and Sodom. And I think everybody on the podcast agree that that is the best way to go about it and not, not lower themselves to the indignity of what they've done over the last week. Everybody agree? I think that's a yes. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, my name's Simon Hill. That was my rant for today. Um, there's been many more earlier on. If you work with me, I apologise. Um, this is the Wednesday week. We will be back next week. Hopefully Dan is um, probably about 50 pints deep and we'll look forward to a message from him on WhatsApp later where hopefully we'll be able to splice in the one that he did this morning, which was absolutely brilliant. So my name's Simon Hill. If you thought I was good, then please make a note. If not, then my name's Blair. And uh, goodbye. See you later. <laughs>
Your mate's already been booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points, back of the net. Lubosh. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more information. See you later. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.